It's been the talker around Smashville for the last couple of days. Barry Trotz in as general manager. David Poyle stepping aside at the end of the year. We hear from them both. Get some insight from Barry Trotz on his thoughts on the future of the team and the future of John Hines. Interesting topic. Plus, should the Nashville Predators consider, just consider, trading UC Soros at the deadline? We'll talk about it today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. Well, in case you've been living under a rock for the past 48 hours or at any point during this weekend, uh, or you missed yesterday's episode, which if you did, shame on you. Uh, The Nashville Predators GM of 26 years, David Poyle, is stepping down at the end of the year. Barry Trotz, the first head coach in team history, is coming back to the team as its new general manager. Yesterday, we heard from them both. Big press conference at Bridgestone Arena. They did the whole spiel where they sat at the table and answered nice, you know, questions and whatnot. And then they uh, broke off into little groups. And that's when things got interesting. Uh, Plenty of bites and tidbits we're going to need to talk about. But first, Dan, you were there yesterday and you told me, you know, you've you've been kind of told everybody that you're a newer Preds fan you know I kind am. of jumped on on late this yep. was your first real Barry Trotz up close and personal experience what do you think this was my first Barry Trotz experience so I was really looking forward to it because Barry Trotz for somebody who did not live through the Barry Trotz era here in Nashville there is an aura about his name for somebody who was let go as head coach So, you know, there's this thing about Barry Trotz, but I had never met him. So I was really looking forward to hearing from him yesterday, you know, both in the big event and also just in kind of the smaller one-on-one conversations that we got to have. Barry Trotz knocked my socks off. Just full disclosure. He really knocked my socks off. I love how honest and open he was about sharing some things. He strikes me as outstanding outstandingly personable. Um, I think he seems very wise. I liked a lot of what he had to say because this is a huge change for Nashville. And it's like, how do you talk through this transition? And there's some moving parts to it. There is the interesting complication that this was former head coach replacing former GM in that relationship with them. And I thought Barry Trotz was extremely forthcoming. I thought he was extremely honest. He's extremely engaging. And I get it. I get now, you know, so many people were saying, bring back Barry Trotz as head coach. And I thought, why would you want to go back? Why do you want to do that? Having met him, 
I understand the draw to have him involved in the organization again. And having gone through the press conference, I'm actually really excited about what's next for Barry Trotz and for the Predators. Yeah, uh, I think we've gone on, on record before and saying, I'm not sure Barry Trotz would be the right fit to coach right. this particular team. Right, yeah. Uh, based on where they are. But, you know, his, you know, we, he, of course, is kind of notorious for being a little bit hard on young players, especially mm-hmm. forwards, uh, uh, when they make, you know, mistakes here and there. It doesn't seem like he's going to have that same anti, uh, uh, that anti child mindset when he's building this team because as you mentioned uh the core the the youth he specifically called out uh phil tomasino and cody glass as two forwards he would like to build around so luckily it seems like uh it's going to be more of a a hands-off approach and wind up developing some younger players as opposed to just benching colin wilson for long periods (laughs) of time uh so that's good news yeah. Uh, th- the other thing, Anne, is, you know, we got some insight on sort of how this all went down. Uh, you know, there is a lot of people that on Twitter were saying, oh, yeah, you know, finally the, the pressure got to David Poyle. Ownership finally hurt us. All this and all that. And, you know, the, the team this year had something to do with it. And, you know, it might have. But it. it it seems like this was the plan since the summer. And yeah, uh, it, it seems like the the whole thing we were talked about. Remember our uh, read too much into meter? Oh, I loved that. Overreacto meter. Oh, I loved it. Yes. And one of the things was uh, Barry Trotts buying a house in Nashville. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it seems like that had something to do with it. Yeah, it did. I thought it was very interesting because Sean Henry sort of laid out the actual timetable for all of this to unfold. And these conversations about retirement with David Poyle and sort of the time frame actually started three or four years ago where he sat down with Sean Henry and he said, look, this is kind of where I'm headed. This is sort of a time frame where I'm headed. Before I leave, though, the thing that I really want to make sure I do is make sure that the hockey ops is in such great condition that it, it can be a model for other teams in the league. And so David Poyle talked about, you know, that's one of the things that I really spent time focusing on, making sure that we had the best people and processes and software and that we really had our hockey ops department in such a great place that it would be ready to hand over to the next person. So this is part of a long-term plan. David Poyle retiring right now is not a surprise to anybody in ownership, anybody in leadership at all. The conversation one-on-one between Sean Henry and David Poyle happened last year after the playoffs around the draft time. And David Poyle was very upfront and said, look, this is going to be my last year. So for people who feel like, you know, David Poyle's burner account on Twitter picked up the temperature of Smashville and sort of changed the trajectory of his career. That's not what happened. And I think for me too, another big point and was the hockey ops part of this, you know, Barry Trotz 
made it very clear uh, that he has a lot of respect for Scott Nickel, one of his former players, uh, Brian Poyle, Jeff Kelty, a lot of people in the front office. Uh, and he said he is going to be relying heavily on them. So I think that's maybe another aspect of this too is, you know, David Poyle kind of wanted to protect his guys. And, you know, look, if, if, if he kind of left this in ownership's hands, I don't know if ownership would ever pull the trigger on firing David Poyle just because of, you know, his, his status on the team, anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think David Poyle kind of doing this on his terms and letting the team know ahead of time, it's like, here's the plan. Here's kind of what we're going to lay out. I think he did that also to protect his guys. Cause look, you know, if, if they fire David Poyle, if he just kind of, you know, resigns at the end of the season, whatever right. you have, you have a coach search, you have a GM search, you have somebody who's going to kind of start over. I think there's probably a lot of people in Smashville that maybe would want that. Um, but at the same time, you know, there are people in this organization that I think uh, have, have done a pretty good job. You know, Scott Nickel, who's yeah. you know general managing down in Milwaukee, um, you know, he, uh, they've done a good job putting that team together. Jeff Kelty, also really good assistant GM, uh, Brian Poyle, the, we thought, we thought for a long time he was going to be the heir right. to the Nashville Predators GM. Um, but you know, I, I think this also ensures that a lot of the things that are working stay mm -hmm. in place. Uh, I agree. That was important for David Poyle and also to an extent, Barry Trotz. He's just like, look, you know, I have you know, good relationships with a lot of people here. You know, I think highly of a lot of people and I'm going to be, you know, he was open. He's like, I'm going to rely on them a lot, especially the first little bit on the job, you know? Yeah. And I think this is really an ideal situation to transition a team that is where it's at, like the Nashville Predators are. You mentioned you're going to keep on these assistant GMs. How fortunate is Barry Trotz to have the, their experience under David Poyle? Now, Barry Trotz is nobody's puppet. So I want to be clear about that. You know, he was very upfront, like, I'm going to learn from these people. David Poyle is going to be available in an advisory capacity. And how fortunate will Barry Trotz be? But Barry Trotz is going to Barry Trotz as well. So everybody, you know, don't feel like this will be somehow David Poyle pulling some strings, you know, down the road or anything like that. Yeah. And also those assistant GMs, they're going to become general managers somewhere at some point in time, but it really is a great transitional situation for Barry Trotz. Yeah. Barry Trotz is not the Avita of the Nashville Predators. <laughs> Although, you know what? I would love to see him sing from that musical. I think he would rather be dead. <laughs> I will ask him someday. Yeah. That, that should have been your follow-up question. Like when everybody's at the table, I was like, coach, uh, would you sing Avita? Yeah, how do you feel about musical theater and its yeah. relationship with hockey? Yeah, and then uh, you'll be introducing yourself as Ann Kimmel, currently not affiliated with any uh, outlet whatsoever. A hundred percent. Might have been worth it. Who knows? Uh, there's another interesting thing that came from this press conference. Barry Trotz, of course, talking about the future of the Nashville Predators, which includes a couple of players he would specifically like to build around, and his thoughts on John Hines. Ooh, that's the juicy one everybody wants to talk about. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, 
taking a break and letting you know today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar. If you want a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. Ann and I have spoken openly about how much we love these things. They're the perfect healthy snack. Whether you want a sweet but healthy dessert at night, uh, whether you need a snack to get you through the gym, uh, whether you're just heading out the door to grab a quick breakfast, a Built Bar and Banana does it for me, and it keeps me full until I have time to eat that first real meal of the day. So what makes these things so good? Well, for starters, covered in 100% real chocolate, Unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond, but they're also packed with 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar, and just 130 calories. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering at your Built Bars at Built.com. You still can, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club as well. At Walmart, walk to the pharmacy. Grab a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're at Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar variety box with our hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. Or just go to Built.com and see all of the new flavors they have available. Pick your favorite and order them at Built.com. All right, Ann. We have the NHL trade deadline coming up this Friday. It's March 3rd, and you can join us live on the Locked On NHL YouTube channel from 2 to 4 p.m. As the Locked On NHL hosts, me included, break down the biggest deals from across the league. We did this last year, and it was a ton of fun. It's Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, the Preds are, are going to be front and center. Uh, so there is going to be a lot of discussion to be had. We'll have a big old preview show on Friday morning and, of course, break down any big deals that come through. So be sure you to stay with us uh, throughout the week. And back to the big news yesterday, which is the press conference from Barry Trotz and David Poyle. And I guess Sean Henry, too. Uh, but the big thing came after the whole dog and pony show at the you know right. the front table. It's when everybody kind of broke off in the groups. And then we had the opportunity to ask uh, Barry Trotz some juicy stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's where things really got interesting. Um, and as kind of the conversations rolled on, we dove into some different topics. And one of the questions that someone asked Barry Trotz is, you know, when a new general manager comes in, oftentimes they have their eye on a coach that they've worked with that may come in. Where do you stand on the future of John Hines in this organization? Great question. Yeah. Keep in mind, you're asking this question to the future general manager who also has been for years a head coach in the NHL. So I think that is really a great perspective. Barry Trotz uh, pointed out, and I thought this was great. He said, you know what? I, it's really easy to judge from the outside how a head coach performs. You know, I, I think people think it's very easy to, to evaluate and judge a head coach. But he also very humbly and kindly pointed out, you know, I've been a coach for a really long time. I understand what works in the locker room. I understand the relationships that you build on and off ice. I understand how 
outside of hockey factors affect players and how you have to relate to those things as a coach. And so he said, from my experience and from what I have observed so far, this is a well-coached team. John Hines is, quote, a really good coach. So sit in that for a minute, folks. And sit here in come, that. And here come the fire Barry Trotz comments. <laughs> But he did. He was very um, he was very complimentary. And, you know, he talked about some of the young players like Cody Glass and Yuso Parsonen and how they're doing. So I think he is observing and he was upfront and said, you know, my plan is I'm going to take the rest of the season and I'm going to sit back and I'm going to observe and I'm going to evaluate from the inside. And before I make any judgments at all about what's going to happen with John Hines, and he did also say that his priority is to be as transparent as possible with John Hines and the coaching staff and with the players when it comes time to communicate with them and to kind of talk through what he sees. So I think that people who had the expectation that here comes Barry Trotz, now the last thing we need is John Hines fired. Come on, pull the trigger, Barry Trotz. That's not going to happen. That is not going to happen this season, friends. And may I go just a step further in speculation and say... Why not? (laughs) Why not? We have a 30-minute podcast. (laughs) I would go so far as to say I would not at all be surprised that John Hines is the coach next season either. I'm not saying Barry Trotz committed to that by any means, but I would not be surprised if John Hines gets to coach the last year of his contract. Yeah. I mean, he spoke highly of him at the press yes. conference. And look, he's not going to go out and crap on the head coach and be like, of oh, course not. John Hines kind of sucks. The The fans are right. We'll see uh, what we can come up with in the offseason. I mean, um, I read Twitter and I know. Yeah. Uh, I think Barry Trotz is somebody who kind of understands coaching situations, too. I mean, this was a guy who got fired from the New York Islanders when half of his team was out injured. I think he's somebody who firsthand experience knows, okay, is it really the coaching Uh, Or is, you know, are there other factors that just made the team as a team underperform this year, you know, as as a group? Uh, So I think think he understands that. Uh, I I think the other thing to keep in mind, too, is John Hines only has a year left on his contract anyway. Uh, So, you know, I think we might see a situation. I know a lot of people were trying to read between the lines of yesterday's press conference uh, stuff that shouldn't be read between like, why wasn't John Hines asked to speak? Uh, John Hines is, that's not about him. That's right. that's not his day. Uh, no. Yeah. And, and so I, I think a lot of people were trying to look for signs. Like they had just watched Indiana Jones and were deciphering clues around their house that there was a hidden treasure somewhere in their wall. Yeah, this was not the Da Vinci code press conference friends. Yeah. It, it's just not there, but look, I, I think, you know, John Hines, one year left on his contract. I think Barry Trotz, I, I do believe him when he say he has some respect. I agree. It wouldn't surprise me to see him back next year just as a one year. It's like, look, you got one year left on your contract. We'll see how things go. We'll see how things work together. Um, and, you know, we'll see 
I assume John Hines's main directive from the front office is going to be let's let's work on some of these players. Mm-hmm. Like let's see if guys like Cody Glass and Phil Tomasino can take another big step forward uh, with some more responsibility, and that's kind of how we'll see where things are at. So it wouldn't surprise me on that, you know, and it, but it also equally wouldn't be a huge shock if he did just say, you know, look, wasn't happy with the way the team went this season, um, you know, so we'll we'll pursue other options. It, it wouldn't surprise me either way, um, but I think anybody who got out or, or listened to that press conference yesterday and got out of it, oh, you know, Barry Trotz, you know, John Hines, his time is running, is, you know, running out. Barry Trotz is going to bring in his guy. I didn't get that at all. And I don't think there is anything really that screamed that to me. No, I agree. The other thing is to look at the situation that Barry Trotz is in and John Hines. You know, John Hines is a younger coach coming into the NHL. Barry Trotz has coached in this league. He is one of the most respected head coaches that coached in the NHL. He is also new trying this general manager position. And so I really feel like Barry Trotz may have a better understanding. He certainly will have a better understanding of what it is like for John Hines coming into this league and getting more experience under his belt. And I, I think he may have a better, more healthy perspective with John Hines as they work together. So, you know, let's let's give this partnership a chance and see what happens. And and I'm with you. I I would bet more towards John Hines will be here next season. I think John Hines will definitely finish the season in Nashville and you know, we'll see what Barry Trotz wants to do from there. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite bit of the press conference was uh Barry Trotz talking about kind of the concept of, you know, needing a rebuild, having a tank. And he said the biggest thing was, yeah, the Preds never really developed a number one center. Yes. Which which Barry. is which which is true. Number one, again, why do you hate Colin Wilson that much, Barry Trotz? <laughs> Uh, not, but but it's interesting that he's kind of and he went on to say it's like look you know we haven't really developed a number one center but look how many franchise defenders and goaltenders we've he, been able he to did build. he's like yes this, this is this is our niche like this is what yes. we do well and he flat out said like you know some teams get lucky you know some teams you know tank in the draft and wind up you know with with a franchise altering centerman you know that way in but he also kind of made it clear he's like look you know we just we need to kind of work on on building them yeah i know a kid i think i think we've got a couple kids we could work on that with on this team right now so he did speak very highly of cody glass again he he did and hey i want to point out that the players you have to remember they came home from arizona arrived really late you know who showed up and stood in back at this press conference captain roman yossi Hmm. UC Soros, Jeremy Lazan, and Cody Glass. One of so I think good to- for you guys. Yeah, they're <laughs> stop now. Okay. So I uh, thought good for those guys for showing up and and wanting to be a part of that. So shout out to those guys. Hey, speaking of, you know who has for some reason emerged in trade talks recently? UC Soros. Okay, we're <laughs> specify he's not necessarily in trade talks. But it was reported that he was one of the untouchables for the Nashville Predators. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that hasn't stopped apparently some teams 
from maybe showing some interest. And that led to the question, should the Preds consider trading UC Soros? Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a moment. <laughs> we are going to dive into Untouchables and UC Saros and the trade in just a second. But first, we want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by another one of our great friends, Athletic Greens. And again, if you have listened to this podcast, you know Nick and I are big fans of Athletic Greens. They sent each of us a starter pack of their product, AG1. And Nick and I were both pretty blown away by this. AG1 is a delicious powder that gets you all of the healthy vitamins, minerals, adaptogens that you will want in your day, but to give you better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system. And look, if you hate taking all of those pills and vitamins and supplements and dividing them all out, you got to stick with AG1. So what is this stuff actually? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day. It is a special blend of ingredients that supports, again, things like gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, gives you that boost of energy. It keeps you going throughout the day, helps you recover from any sort of athletic activities you take part in, and works on things like focus and aging as well. AG1 is a simple, small habit that you can do once a day that's going to make a big impact on the rest of your day. So all you do, get up in the morning, take one scoop of AG1, put it in a glass of water and stir it up and drink it. No need to get out the giant bulky blender and a bunch of different ingredients. You just need one scoop, one glass of water. And here's the thing, AG1's lifestyle friendly. So if you're already committed to eating vegan or you need to be dairy-free dairy or gluten-free, this is a product that that you can easily incorporate into your lifestyle. And it contains less than one gram of sugar, has no GMOs, it doesn't have any nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And here's the key, this stuff actually tastes really good. It has like a light sort of tropical vanilla taste. You'll have no trouble at all drinking your AG1 every morning, it's great. And it's gonna cost you less than $3 a day. So you're investing in your health and all you have to do is maybe not drive through the coffee store to get through your day. AG1 has over 7,000 five-star reviews and Nick and I are pretty big fans too. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and you can arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just, again, one scoop once a day in a cup of water, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, our friends at Athletic Greens are going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D, and they're going to give you five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, so here is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's. I'm I'm going to say this uh, and try not to push any buttons with you, Anne. Okay. So it was announced over the weekend uh, when Elliot Friedman was talking about things the Predators might do. He mentioned there were three untouchables on the team: mm-hmm. Roman Yossi, Philip Forsberg, UC Saros. 
I would argue there may be one or two more that should be untouchable, but that's a different story for a different day. Right. People heard that UC Soros thing. Remember, there have been articles all season long from writers around the NHL on why the Predators should trade UC Soros, mainly because he is probably the best Nashville Predator and probably the guy that's going to get you the biggest return package. Yes. Um. So apparently what happened was Elliot Friedman went back on uh, the Jeff Merrick show, I guess, yesterday, either yesterday or maybe the day before. And he said the L.A. Kings, who are really good team, desperate for goaltending, they might call the Predators on UC Soros. And apparently there are a few other teams that are in need of a goaltender as well. That has spurred a debate as to whether the Predators should consider UC Soros as a trade option, depending on the return. And I'm going to tee it up for you. <laughs> what's what's your thoughts on this? I have two schools of thought. There is the emotional hockey fan in me, and then there is the, okay, let's be objective fan in me. I emotionally don't even so much as think about it. This is the offspring of Pecorine. Why would you ruin our lives? That is the emotional response to this. Um, and there's a little bit of logic beyond that, that, that I would go into as far as why you would want to keep UC Soros. Yaroslav Askarov, obviously this kid is a phenom. He is young. He needs more time in Milwaukee. He needs more time before he's ready for the NHL full time. And I understand that. And, you know, UC Soros is ours. He's ours. Get your own, like develop your own. You know, we did it right. Go figure yours out and do it. The business aspect of this is very different after this weekend because I would have agreed with Elliot Friedman saying there are three untouchables. I think yeah. Roman Yossi is still untouchable mainly because of he has a no trade clause or no move clause. I'm not, I can't remember which one it is, but you're not touching Roman Yossi. Same for Philip Forsberg. Same for Philip Forsberg. At this point, I think everybody who can be on the table is on the table for the Nashville Predators, including UC Soros. Do I think they will trade him? I do not. Do I think they could get a fat Tanner Janot cubed haul for UC Soros right now? I do. Do I think they're picking up the phone? I think they're picking up the phone. Do I think that they're going to seal a deal? Good heavens, I hope not. But I get I get why there's a conversation about him. I mean, if you are a team that's on the cusp of making the playoffs and your weakness is goaltending, sweet baby Jesus, you could get UC Saros in here for next to nothing for a Vesna quality goaltender. Well, I don't know about next to nothing. I mean, I mean I'm saying as far as salary right now. I'm saying as far as like taking on a salary and stuff. I yeah. mean, obviously you're gonna have to like cut off an appendage and yeah. sell your grandmother in the deal, but yeah. That's dark. Uh, I think the the argument for it is a lot of people are saying, um, you know, if the Preds aren't going to be good the next couple of years, if they're going to be rebuilding, why do you need UC Soros? Why don't you, you know, give some other people? And the other thing is that there's a scar off right behind them. We can just play a scar off. Uh, the back end of that first is I 
really think the Preds are trying to be patient with Eskarov. They're not going to yes. put him in a number one role until he's ready. Uh, and this kind of comes up with, you know, is he going to, a lot of people are like, well, he'll definitely be the backup next year. I'm not quite so sure about that either, because you think about before this season, how little hockey he's been able to play because right. of his situation, A, with COVID, B, with, you know, sounds like maybe his old team being a little vindictive about him wanting to come to America. He hasn't played a lot, and it wouldn't surprise me if they wanted him in the AHL as a full starter one more year, uh, as opposed to being UC Cyrus's backup. So I think they're being really patient with Ascarov. I don't think that should be part of the conversation until Ascarov has proven he can be, you know, a bona fide number one goaltender. The, the other part of that is that I don't, I don't necessarily think that tanking is the plan for the Nashville Predators. I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, we need to be getting high draft picks and blah, 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 blah. I think, A, draft picks are magic beans. Like you can, you. you can draft fourth overall and get an absolute bust, as we've seen time and time again. Mm-hmm. In the NHL, you can get first overall and have a player wind up in the middle six. You know, we've right. seen that happen as well. Um, I and I don't think the Predators are going to go that route. I think they may transition towards the younger people. I think you may see Cody Glass as more of the featured guy and Phil Tomasino as more of a featured guy. But what if you do that and they start to win? Yeah. Like, what if, like, what if you do that and then all of a sudden, you know, the Preds are on a heater, you know, going towards the playoffs with this new exciting young core. And all of a sudden you don't have a capable franchise game stealing goaltender. Behind right. them. That's that's another factor. As for the trade factor, and uh, I think the Preds have to listen if there is an offer that blows their socks off. You know, like it, it's the LA Kings. Like if they're putting Alex Turcott and or Quentin Byfield up there, I, I think, yeah, then it's like, okay, these are two prized forward prospects. One of them right. might be a franchise center. Uh, what what are we doing here? What's what's the the cost benefit? I think you're gonna see that. I'm I'm at the I agree with you. I, I don't think he gets moved. The other thing, Ann, is just Goaltending is just such a crapshoot in the end. It is a mystery. It is a mystery. mystery. I mean, you have first round picks that wind up never playing an NHL game, and then you have undrafted guys from freaking the Texas University club team that wind (laughs) up becoming NHL superstars and all stars. Wherever Logan Thompson is from, like, like the, the fourth tier of what Canadian Junior is, it's just such a crapshoot. It These is. Vezina winners sign big money deals and immediately tank out. I think if you have a franchise goaltender, especially one who's been as consistent as UC Saros, mm-hmm. I think you hold on to him for dear life. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, you know, a bird in a hand is better than two in the bush or whatever this, the old saying is. And I think you know what you have in UC Saros. You know that he is a franchise-changing goaltender. And, you know, Yaroslav Askarov, I think we are seeing that same amount of amazing potential in a shout-out to the Predators scouts and goaltending coaches because they really have – a knack for developing quality goaltenders, but he's not ready. And I'm with you. I think, 
I think down the road, you see Soros as who you're going to want to have long term to give Yaroslav Askarov the opportunity to become whatever he's going to become. But yep. they're going to pick up the phone and they're, I think they'll have conversations. And after this weekend, I I really, you know, I think we had talked about like, yeah, Dante Fabro may be gone at the trade deadline. At this point, I'm just, just buckle up, friends. Because until Friday, we're on a roller coaster. We're in a glass case of emotion. We just, you know, it could happen at any time. It's like going into labor. We don't yeah, know. At, at this point, Dante Fabro may be the only person left in the Nashville <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we'll have to see again. We'll have more uh, top stuff on this trade deadline moving forward throughout the week. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore mama on ice. You can find me at on the Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. And while you're there, be sure to follow the podcast at LO underscore predators. Also be sure to subscribe, even whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcasting platform, hit that subscribe button really helps us out. And you'll be the first to know when we get new content out as well. That's going to do it for us on today's lockdown predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back with an all new episode tomorrow.